0: You are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As it says at the start, this is Locked On Indians. I am your host, Jeff Ellis of 24-7 Sports, and I am back uh, doing these somewhat live shows. I don't know if I necessarily want to call it a live show when uh, you know I'm recording it the night before, but still. Uh, after the uh, last few days of being on the road, I am back in town. The Indians had a strong weekend against the Tigers, um, sweeping them. They are now eight and two in their last ten games. The Twins are five and five, so the Indians have cut that uh, lead in the Central to eight games. While in the Wild Card standings, they are. This is not counting today's game, which, as I'm recording this, uh, is tied at two in the ninth. So things are uh, subject to change. Currently, they are the number two seed in the wild card, uh, two and a half behind Tampa for who would get to host that game. With the Rangers and the Red Sox both half a game behind. Amongst those teams um, over the last 10 games, the Indians are 8-2, the Rangers 6-4, and four, the Red Sox 7-3, and three, and the Rays are 4-6. So it's been a, a nice situation for the Indians where the Rays and the Twins are both... Uh, playing closer to 500 ball, and it has allowed them to gain some ground. The Indians' run differential has finally gotten into a positive. It was such a negative uh, early on this year that, uh, you know, it's it's not um, fantastic, but it, it's a big improvement for them. And, you know, it's uh, maybe the most <laughs> impressive run differential to me, though, in the division belongs to the Tigers. Um, we've, you know, the Indians obviously swept them. Tigers' offense is absolutely putrid. They have some interesting arms between Turnbull and Boyd. Um, Shane Green has been fantastic as their closer, but their offense is arguably the worst in baseball, and they have a negative 140 run differential, yet they're not last in the division. That is what is impressive to me about that. Um, they're currently one and a half games better than the Royals. <laughs> And both of those teams are absolutely uh, demolishing the uh, the Orioles, who have a negative one eighty one. And uh, you know maybe they're setting themselves up for the number one overall pick in uh, next year's draft. With <laughs> the way things are shaping up in the early goings for the uh, for the uh, Baltimore Orioles, so the Indians have the. Uh, Kansas City Royals, currently the worst team in the American League Central, team with the third worst record in the American League and the third worst record, as a matter of fact, in all of baseball. Now, the Indians' offense tonight has had some ups and downs. Uh, you know, the ups are Jason Kipnis is continuing to hit. Apparently, I put a reverse jinx on him, and he's playing quite well. And I'm uh, very happily eating crow. Uh, Jose Ramirez with an extremely strong game tonight, two for two with two walks, um, two doubles, where his two hits uh, on base every time, and you know I'll I'll get into more Bobby Bradley talk, but uh, you know he's one for three tonight with a walk, a double, and two strikeouts. That uh, that seems like a very Bobby Bradley type of night, an extra base hit. Uh, maybe a lot of nights wouldn't be the uh, the walk. He'd be one for four with an extra base hit and two strikeouts. But uh, you know, again, I, I've said he'd improve this lineup. I just think that his power production the minors maybe is going to give people uh, expectations that uh, he can't match. But I, you know, I back in at least in May, I was calling for him, saying if they got nothing to lose. They might as well try and see what he can do. So. The Indians are, uh, you know, trying to pull this one out. They're facing a bottom feeder. They need to keep taking advantage of this really, really weak schedule. Um, this is such a great chance for them to to really cut this lead the Twins have, or to build up some space in that wild card game. Because I talked about how putrid the Royals are, and how better uh, how putrid Baltimore is, and how the Royals are currently the second worst record in baseball. Well, the Indians have the Royals for three. Then they have the Orioles for three. Then they have the Royals for three again. I mean, in this nine-game stretch, they really need to take seven out of nine. There, there's not really a reason to not. Um, these are bad teams with bad pitching, bad hitting. There's not a lot of redeeming value on these squads. And the Indians need to uh, really need to keep that foot right on the pedal to take advantage of this. And then after that series, they will close against the... Cincinnati Reds, who, you know, currently have the third worst record in the uh, National League. They're tied with the Pirates for that one. Um, but because the Reds' pitching has actually been strong this year, they have a positive run differential. It's kind of crazy to look at that, that they're a plus 48, while the Brewers, who are currently second in the division, a game back the Cubs, have a negative one. Or, you know, the Phillies, who have had a lot of struggles this year, are are negative 2 like the reds are a team that might be better than people are getting credit for and at some point might have a bit of a run in them so we'll have to see when they get fully healthy uh the pitching has been such a, a surprise that's what's really setting them up but uh yeah the indians have you know you go back to at, since new york um i said that is when the schedule shifts since New York, we've had uh, 12 games, and the Indians are 9-3. That's, you know, do your math, reduce down. They're winning 75% of the games, which is what you need to do when you're facing weaker opponents. I said 66. I said they needed to, you know, be winning every series. They're doing even better than that, and that is fantastic to see. And even more so because, you know, a Jason Kipnis is starting to perform, and... I mean, I, I don't hold out hope that he's going to become anything more than a league average bat, but league average is such an improvement from where he was at the start of the year, where he was offensively um, a huge drain on the Indians as a team. Now, you know, it's not like he's, again, taken a huge step forward, but he's of late been able to help the team out. Um before we go into the ad break, I you know have to talk about some of the uh, the moves the Indians have made since uh, since I was on my little mini leave. So they cut Leonis Martin, something I've been calling for for weeks. It just makes more sense. He uh, Martin just he was struggling mightily and. His defense by, you know, every uh, metric was way down this year. Normally he's a plus defender in center, and that is that is his main value. But when you're not hitting and you're not fielding, there's not a lot of reason to keep you, especially when you're uh, a rental. They could move Mercado and use that flexibility uh, to have Bowers and Bradley play. So the Indians called up uh, – first they called up Aaron Saval, who was part of that uh, – same draft class that, uh, Shane Bieber, Zach Plesak, uh, Nolan Jones, and Will Benson all came in. Uh, Saval Bieber and Andrew Landrip, who has struggled with injuries with the three arms that really stood as a group to me at the time, just cause they were all day two picks with impeccable command. Uh, I don't know if Saval is going to be a starter long-term. He's kind of a fringe guy, kind of a, but like the, the Plutko level of guy where, um, you can get away with it. You know, it's it's that Tomlin level as well. It's like he can work as a fifth, but you're probably going to look to upgrade long-term. Uh, when he worked out of the pen at points in college, he was up to like 95 with his fastball. Uh, the, the slider is a plus pitch. Nothing else is really average, and that's can he get by as a starter that way. When he was working in the pen, the fastball was about average, but then again, that's it's a... It's a very low-ceiling player as a starter or a reliever, but it's a nice depth choice to have. Um, And that is a class that, uh, you know, it's the gifts that just keep on giving. Uh, Perennial podcast favorite, Raymond Burgos, was an 18th rounder in that class. So, yeah, it looks like one of the better drafts the Indians have had over the last few years. It's paying immediate dividends. Right now it's three-fifths of the Indians' uh, rotation is from that draft. And, of course, the big news was the uh, promotion of Bobby Bradley, who had been lighting AAA on fire. Uh, I've talked about him incessantly since May. I think he can improve the team. I do not think he's as good as people want to think he is because of the huge power production. I think he will help the Indians, and I think they made the right choice there. So, uh, yeah, you know, it's uh, definitely a lot more fun to be an Indians fan right now than it was Uh at the beginning of the month june has been good to the indians and now is a good time for a word from our sponsors first up is hotels.com website or app Uh, they will tell you the places you should not go to they will show you the best deals they will save you time and money Uh, you want to go there because that is their whole model they are going to make it easier on you and save you money so you go back to them uh, use them, you should use them. Our other sponsor is bluechew.com. It is the little blue pill, like Viagra or Cialis, same active ingredients. But since it's chewable, it gets your bloodstream quicker, and makes you ready to go quicker. If you go over to bluechew.com, use the promo code MLB, you can try it for free. You're just going to have to pay the five bucks for shipping. This is your chance. If you've ever been curious, you want to see what it's like get discreetly mailed to your door you're just going to pay that five bucks in shipping and you can see what all the hype is about. Remember it's bluechew.com promo code MLB. We are back and I want to thank everyone again for, um, using whatever they use to listen, rate, review, and subscribe. Um, the numbers keep improving, and, and I owe a big thanks to everyone who is uh, listening every day out there. Now, I had originally promised that Monday we would get to the uh, the StatCast stuff, but unfortunately what happened is uh, I ran long in the minor league. so it gave us a little more data that we can now look at for the Indians this year and look at StatCast. So when you go over to the Baseball Savant site and look at the StatCast, The first thing I'm always looking at is the reds and the blues, because the reds are typically someone in the top five, top 10, top 3% of baseball in a particular category, while the blues are the opposite. You're looking at the bottom of the list. So uh, the guy with the most reds is Carlos Santana. His weighted on-base percentage is top five in the league. His exit velocity is top 4% in the league and his expected weighted on-base percentage is the top 7% of the league. The only other player with a red rate, well, that's wrong. There's two other guys with reds for the Indians. Um, Roberto Perez's barrel percentage is in the top 7%. Um, He was higher, and his his expected weighted uh, on-base is uh, also very faintly because he's in the top 10%, but the back end of the top 10 there. And then Francisco Lindor's uh, expected batting average is in the top ten percent of the league as well. So those are the you know the positive offensive players. And make sure that I'm uh, keeping this mic close. I uh, appreciate someone who is very kind saying they love the podcast, but I talk too quietly. And uh, I want to say that I do read everyone's comments. Uh, taking a little break before I go back in the stats and saying I am trying to pay more attention to where I place the mic while talking to uh, to make it uh, a little bit better to hear. So those are just stat cast hitting. Uh, the, the one negative is Jose Ramirez who's in the bottom 1% of the league in the category of weighted O'Bacon as the uh, father of a nearly two year old. I feel like I owe it to you guys to make some bad uh, dad joke here but weighted O'Bacon as I like to call it or uh, W.O. Bacon is a weighted on-base average on contact. So he is in the lowest 1% of the league of what is the on-base percentage when he makes contact. So he is one of the worst hitters in terms of getting on base when he makes contact. You want to look at the other side of someone like that, one of the higher guys, Carlos Santana is a 435 hitter. Jose Ramirez at 264. Even Jason Kipnis, who's um, who's in the bottom 10% of the league, at 313. So it's almost a 70-point difference between Jose Ramirez and Jason Kipnis. And uh, Kipnis, again, bottom 10%. Jose Ramirez, bottom 1%. Um, the reason I didn't mention Kipnis before is some of these guys who are in the bottom 10%, it's still just white. It's only if you run your mouse over it does it actually pop up and say, oh, yeah, they're in the, the, the 10% range. But, uh, yeah, the weighted on-base percentage for Jose Ramirez is just awful. And that's been, you know, a huge issue this year for the Indians just because, you know, you. I think there was a degree of expected regression, but we did not expect him to uh, all of a sudden turn into a below-replacement-level player. And... You know, there's the plate discipline stats, and as expected, when you look at a lot of these, it's uh, you know headlined with Carlos Santana being uh, extremely efficient again, leading the team and a lot of that stuff and batted ball profiles like uh, percentage of weak hits. You want to guess who leads the team and percentage of weak hits? It's Mike Freeman. Uh, that should be no surprises. He has no power at all. But, uh, you know, Roberto Perez is next, followed by Greg Allen and Jake Bowers. The bottom of the list uh, amongst everyday players is Carlos Santana, whose percentage of weak hits this year is under 1%. So just uh, fantastic numbers in general. Uh, who's hitting it on the ground the most? That would be Freeman Perez Santana. And like I said, you can go through, and there's so many interesting things. Who's Pulling it the most. Um, I'd go ahead and make the bad jokes that are in your head right now. Luplo. Jose Ramirez. Francisco Lindor. then Jason Kipnis. Um, over on Everybody Hates Cleveland, Mike Hattery had a great piece that uh, Ram- that Ramirez is should be trying to pull it more. That that's when he had more success last year. And when we click on his overall profile over the last few years and we look at... Uh, Come here, and we look at the stat cast batting, and we look at the pool percentage and huh, I don't have the numbers up there right now um well, that's unfortunate. we could you know look and compare quickly that way, but um yeah, so it's uh it, that's one of the fun things with this is just looking at the overall data and seeing what we can pull out, what's there. Um, but basically it's a lot of what we know that the Carlos Santana is good and, uh, you know, Jose Ramirez, not so much. So let's now flip this script and go look at some of the pitching <laughs> quickly. When you look at the pitching, you know, you see the, the red, the good Brad hand, of course, top 1% of, uh, weighted on base average top 10% of, uh, weighted on base percentage of contact, Barrel percentage is just 1.5%. That's top 1% of the league. Brad Hand has been one of the best pitchers in baseball all year. The only other pitcher with multiple reds is Adam Simber, who uh, the guys who, uh, you know, he's a pitch, a bit of a, he is a contact-driven pitcher, and uh, guys, when they do make contact, are not getting as good of on-base average as typical. Uh, On the other side of things, Carlos Carrasco, lots of blue. Rough year for him uh nick Wetgren and shane bieber are interesting guys because they both have some blue uh Wetgren in particular has some dark blue he's in the bottom one percent of hard hit percentage and exit velocity and shane bieber is in the same spot and basically it's two guys they're not giving up a ton of hits at the same time nick Wetgren is fifth and weighted on base average so they're not giving up a lot of hits but when the uh the players make contact. It's going for extra bases. And we have seen, you know, a high home run rate with uh, with Bieber this year. And his uh his expected weighted on base is, is also very high. Uh, it's, uh, for the most part, the pitchers are just kind of there. A lot of guys, I mean, even Trevor Bauer, for all of his inconsistencies, he's not blue anywhere. Nothing that he's in the bottom 10% of the league you go through. um you know, some guys they just has there isn't enough data, but uh, you know it's even. our complaints about Corey Kluber before he went down. There's just not much. Uh, again, no blues. Uh, Jeffrey Rodriguez is hard hit percentage. The Indians have a lot of guys who get hit hard. Uh, Bieber, Wet Carrasco, and Rodriguez kind of lead that group, but uh, their whole approach seems to be. You know, they can hit the ball hard. We're just not going to walk anyone this year. And it's so far, it's worked. Um, better b- ball profile, I think, is always another, you know, fun one to look at from the pitching side of things. The percentage of uh, weak hits, I think it's interesting that uh, another it, – it's, it's, there isn't a lot of – a ton of data for Plutko, but the fact that he has zero uh, weak hits off of him this year – uh, or that uh, you know Rodriguez and Wetgren are both very low. Uh, it it kind of shows that uh, they've been a little lucky. Uh, percentage of guys who are barreling the bat against them. This is, means they've been e- probably easier to pick up. Edwards, Carrasco, Plesac, Bieber, and that kind of makes sense, especially with Bieber, because we are seeing the uh, the higher home run rate. But, uh, you know, we can go through. You can see the percentage of, you know, I brought up with the other one whose uh, guys are very pull-happy hot off of Carrasco, Oliver Perez, um, which makes sense because he's a loogie. So they're going to try to pull the ball off of him. Simber because he's more of a roogie. Uh, then it was Clevenger was the next guy. But on the whole, um, there isn't anything that stands out too too much amongst hitting and pitching when you get right down to it with Statcast. we just uh there's no one who's standing out if we do a quick run over to the Statcast running that's always a fun one uh mercado is top six percent of the league no one's in the blue so there's no one who's being super slow on the base paths so I want to thank everyone for listening to today's show. It was uh nice to be back and recording as uh you know the Indians are playing and as we are in the middle of uh right now if you were curious the Indians have taken a one run lead in the uh the 10th inning. I just clicked back over to see what had occurred and it says that it is 3 to 2 Cleveland with uh in the bottom of the uh 10th which would make them having won the game. Um so I don't I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I'll hop over to Twitter, uh because the ESPN uh app is not updating, but I'm gonna assume that uh, Jason Kipness just did something. Uh and it is. So yeah. Jason Kipness continues it going. Uh he is he just got a walk off win for the Indians in the tenth with a home run. So I feel like uh I really, uh, you know, I'm looking extremely foolish, but I, I did a heck of a reverse jinx on Jason Kipnis. I will always gladly crow when it leads to an Indians win. Thank you for listening, and as always, go Tribe.